Log Talk Radio. We're on live with uh, Charles Burgess today, and we're chatting about his past successes. So the episode information is uh, Charles Burgess. I've known Charles since 2009. Um, He has been very career doing everything from selling insurance to computer products to used cars before finally channeling his creative talents and energy into putting together words and stories on paper. Charles published his first book, Homies, in 2007, and looked forward to a long career of putting his stories in print and helping other authors find their voice and realize their dreams. I am doing uh, specific shows through the beginning of the year on making your dreams come true for two for the year 2012, and so, of course, we wanted to talk to Charles. Charles is from Wisconsin. Hey, Charles, you there? I'm here. Say hi to everyone. Hello. How is everyone doing today? So I gave you a brief introduction. I didn't go into, you know, where you were born and all that, but I did talk about your first book in 2007. Tell us about Homies. Uh yeah, homies. Homies, um Homies was um uh, a book that I wrote based on um well first of all the idea came to really sit down and write a book after reading a few um books I was reading and um just really felt that I wanted to try writing a story since I was always telling stories. And um Homies came about 2004, after I read um, a book by an author named Zane, and the story was based on three men um, who each had a problem having a monogamous relationship. You know, they each went through different things um, in their life growing up that, that, that they didn't feel like they can sustain a monogamous relationship. Um, they were all professional men. Um, one was a doctor, one was a, a professional football player, one was a, a product specialist for GE Medical, um, and they were all best friends. Um, so the book really describes and tells how you, how men sometimes go through things and it puts them in a certain situation where they don't want to share monogamously their life with with a woman. You there? Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, let me double-check here. Okay. Now you can hear me. So I got the right button. <laughs> Checking the buttons. One of them doesn't let you hear me. The other one does. Oh, okay. Could you hear so, me? Could you hear my? Could you hear my description? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, I didn't hear. Anyway, you you weren't hearing me when I pushed the button. So I, now we got that sorted out. 
Um, so 2007 is when you published your first book, Homies. Mm-hmm. And you and I met in 2009. Absolutely. And I know we met on a a different website, you know, uh, one of these job sites. Uh, we met on, to be, to be exact, we met on LinkedIn, a site called LinkedIn. Actually, we met on, on the job site, but that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think they changed the name since then. That you and I met on a job site, and we were, you were looking for somebody, you had found somebody to edit, and you had found somebody to do your cover for a new book that you got done writing, and that was Don't Say You Do If You Don't. So tell us about that book and how that came to be. Um, well, Don't Say You Do If You Don't was a, a a book that I wrote after certain events had happened in my life. Um, I decided to sit down and write a second book. Um, so after I completed the book, I thought about the first process that I had did to get the first book done and well, I really didn't like the procedures or the outcome of what was really <clears throat> going on with homies. So that's how why I decided to join um, a different websites and look around for different options. And um, in doing that, in doing that, people are popping me about the show, so I'm trying to talk and type. And in um, doing so, it, it led me to meet. Um, Different different people that were in the business. I met a lady out of North Carolina, and we discussed editing. And um, the ironic thing was, she had never edited a urban fiction type genre book. Um, she was mostly into corporate editing and a different genre altogether. So, um, but she wanted to try it, and she asked me for a couple sample chapters. And um, so what I did was I sent her a couple sample chapters, and she pointed out some things in the book that led me to know that she could get the job done. Mm-hmm. And so I I ended up going with her, and the product came out came out pretty good. Um, I I met um a guy here. I mean, well, I'm in Phoenix now, but when I was at home in Milwaukee, I met a guy in Milwaukee who was visiting Milwaukee from California, who was a graphic artist, and we discussed the cover, and he um, ended up designing the cover for me, and I thought the cover was very good. And mm-hmm. then I had all those pieces. I had all those pieces together, and that's when and that's when me and um, you met. That's when me and Patty met. I, I decided, you know, I was in, and I, you know, in that site you can do, you can search for different things that, you know, you're looking for, and I searched for a printer, not knowing that you had all this other information that was going to be very helpful for me and we'd be sticking together (laughs) over the years. But um, I talked to you about it, and at the time I was paying, um, I was paying a lot more per copy of the book than I would actually have been paying with you. So, um, I decided to give it a try, and along that journey, mm-hmm. we began networking, and I came up with the idea 
that if this could work for me, it could also work for other authors. And right. that's when I asked um, you and a few other people, you know, to join me in this endeavor of helping other authors that's maybe less fortunate with paying for all these services that people were charging an astronomical amount for, if we can combine and I can help other people get their work out there. And everybody yeah. seemed to love the idea, and it went from um, it went from there. Yeah, I remember that. You you had uh, were trying to get a hold of me, and I said, I said, what what's going on? And you said, well, you wanted to start a publishing company, and I said, of your own, and I said, but you don't know anything about publishing, and you said, that's what I got you for. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so that's how that's kind of uh, transpired. And, uh, yeah, you need somebody that, that has the in, in the know with this business because what you did, it was, it's what you don't know in this business that can hurt you. As I say that often. Absolutely. So that was in 2009. We got done with Don't Say You Do If You Don't, I believe it was uh, in... First copies were in May, and then I think your your final print was in the summer. And yeah, I'm not sure. I was just so excited about being able to change the way I was doing things. I can't even recall what everything happened. <laughs> I kind of recall kind of different things. And then I know that you brought some other people on board, some other authors who you started helping. And so uh, I know that fall we we saw quite a few people coming our way, uh, and then that's when you came came to Arizona the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes, came out here. Was that September two thousand nine, or maybe September two thousand, or maybe um, September two thousand ten was the first visit to Arizona. I can remember the month was in a September. There was mm-hmm. uh, actually a science science fiction conference going on here for books. Copacon. Copacon, yeah. Yeah, Copacon. Yeah, yeah we we have conventions that, that that we hold here in Arizona as well as other states on a regular basis and uh Leprechaun and Copacon are are regulars every year. And um I sell and of course I participate in the cons here in Arizona on a regular basis every year. So uh, it, comes, it helps in handy because these are readers, you know, readers who go to conventions and, and love books. So that's, you know, that's your target market. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, you know, where, wherever a lot of readers come together is where you guys should be, you know. So uh, got that. And let me see, that was... In 2009, we had the, the con, and then we were here for the art show, you know, that uh, Scottsdale Arts and Festival. And we had some people come out and, and help us out there. Uh, that was a nice day here in Arizona. And we had your second book, Bewildered. Tell us about mm-hmm. that one. Um. Bewildered 
bewildered. I was sitting at my desk at work one day, and I just ended up bewildered. So I just came. I came up with a title first, and usually that doesn't happen. I'm usually just right now, as I'm probably preparing to write book number twenty. Titles are coming first, but usually I would start to write a book and then come up with a title. Um, but me and one of my coworkers, who also has a blurb on the back of the book. Um, I started writing a couple chapters, and we just kept talking. You know, it was at the time when the economy was going down, the car business was slow, so I had a lot of time to write. I wasn't selling cars. So um, it was a story that as I started writing the story, and I do this a lot, I don't, a lot of times I don't know past the first chapter where I'm going to go. I don't, I'm not like a note writer. I don't take notes or, you know, do separate pages with character descriptions or anything. I just write the story as it comes out, as I write. So Bewildered was one of them kind of kind of um, kind of books, and the story was about um, a drug dealer who ended up getting indicted for drugs, going to prison, and in prison he really decided to change his life. And um, so when he got out, he wanted to do something positive and um the positive thing he was going to do was open up a um open up actually several schools for kids um they call them choice schools so he's going to actually open up seven choice schools for kids and he you know he had to still be on parole so he he started growing a a close relationship with his um parole officer and um hmm. She was a she was a single lady, and they end up having an affair, which um, was going pretty good for both of them. Um, there was this one mishap, which was a police officer who wanted her. So by him wanting her, what he did was make her life hard. And one of the things he did was threaten her with the fact that he was going to ruin her career because she was having an affair with one of her, one of her um, clients. Um, and if you know anybody who knows, if you're in that that line of work, you're not supposed to mingle with the clients at all outside of legal business. But um, he had a motive. I don't want to tell you what the motive was in case you ever decide to get that book. But the police officer had a motive that was very twisted, and. Um, he did everything he could to ruin the young man's life, whose name is Cleveland Jenkins. Um, he put the feds back on him, tried to get him reindicted. So he just tried to he tried to get him out the way. The book is full of twists and turns. You'll be oh my god, I don't believe this. It's that kind of book, but yeah. <laughs> so that was the story behind. Don't say you do it. If you do. I mean, bewildered. Bewildered, yeah. Now, when you got done with that one, I think that uh, then you started working on your third book, with, with a, which would be your fourth book, uh, and that would be Ghetto Sopranos, Rise of the Family. Mm-hmm. And that one came out pretty fast, I think. Yeah, that one, um, sometimes I can start writing a story and it can consume me to really, really take over. And um, 
it'll be before I know it, I'll be done with the book. Um, Ghetto Sopranos was like that. It was everything I had written so far. Um, homies, don't say you do if you don't. And Bewilder were all Milwaukee-based stories. Um, don't say you do if you don't. Had a little bit of um, Detroit in it, and Bewilder had a little, you know, a few scenes from Chicago, but primarily based out of Milwaukee. I went back home with um, Ghetto Sopranos. I, I I put the setting in the state I was born, Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I hadn't really seen Providence because I left there as a as an infant. Um, I went back when I was about thirteen, fourteen. Visited the visited the state, seen the city where I was born. The I seen the village, which is in the book. Um, it's where the main character, Justice Blaylock, lives and grows up, which is Wiggins Village. Um, so I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. And as I was doing it, I became you know more engrossed in the research of Rhode Island and some of the things that, that um, go on there. So I, I got very engrossed in the story, and I kind of um, pumped it out very quick. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I know that you do a lot of promotion when it comes to, and that's what we're talking about, you know, how you become successful is, is the fact that you do a lot of interesting promotion to go with your books. So, it's not so much you don't say you do if you don't, but with Bewildered, I know the cover came a different idea on uh, the Cube. Want to tell us about how that cover came to be? Um, cover came to be. I was I do a lot of um, cross promotion with another Milwaukee author, um, Teresa Ray Butler, who is she has a couple books out. Um, one of my favorite books is. Eat the damn cake, anime, and glitter good on some butter. Um, God bless her. Very, very hardworking author here in Milwaukee. But um, she told me she wanted to. She was doing graphic designs, and she asked me if I had anything new in the works. And I told her that yeah, I was writing a book. Um, let her read the book, and she called me with the idea of the cover. And I said, okay, well, do it. Let's see it. We end up meeting one night, um, me and her crew, and for chicken wings and book covers, and I, I liked it. I liked the cover a lot. So um, we went on with the cover. The, I liked the, the whole orange color concept. Everything was different about it. It was very bright, very different. So um, we went with that concept, and um, as I was, you know, doing different things with the book, I have another friend who came up with this idea. Um, he said, I can take that cube on your book, that Rubik's Cube, and actually put together a real working Rubik's Cube that has your book covers on each side. And I told him that was a great idea, and, and he put it together, and it, and it was nice. At the time, I didn't have six books, which would be six sides to a Rubik's Cube, so I used a couple of my friends' book covers, and we completed the cube. Hmm. And that's a, that was an interesting way. Also, you I know you came into bottled water and some other items. Yeah, actually, the same person, the same person helped me um, to do the bottled water. Um, we did um, champagne. Um, we actually was going to create a candy bar. We actually had the wrapper created. We actually going to create a candy bar. It's just you know, it's so many things out there. An author can do to cross-promote um, to be a little different than the next author. 
And, you know, I'm glad to have friends that, you know, help with their ideas too. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that merchandising is becoming a really important part of the promotional ideas for books. And that's something that we will be talking a little bit on all week, touching on uh, some different ideas on uh, some different things that I can see that people could definitely, authors could definitely utilize. Also, that there are a lot of authors or a lot of uh, uh, business people who could very well use uh, a written book to help their business and to help their careers. It's another market for them. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember what the first, before I did any of these, do you remember what the first cross-promotion item was? The first cross-promotion? Yeah. Oh, thank you. I know we talked about candy bar, but that wasn't until Chocolate Rose. Mm-hmm. Way before that. Way before that. Remember. It was a deck of cards. You did a deck of cards, a deck of playing cards for me. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, and, and they had my book cover on them, and it was, it was very interesting to see. Um, actually, I, I I I got the poker game with those cards, and I won. So. <laughs> <laughs> For don't say you do if you don't. That's right. <laughs> how, how appropriate. <laughs> but that you know, that's another item that uh, a lot of people are asking. You know, hey, can you do the cards? Well, we haven't found any place that can, can e- efficiently and and cheaply do it. That's the problem. Uh, a lot of places. Oh yeah, yeah not- we can print them for you, but you know, they, it just costs too much. They're not cheap. I was actually looking, actually l- last night. I mean, I found a place that's that has them cheap, but they're um, not actual size to um, really have a game of cards with. They were like the miniature ones. Oh, uh, yeah, the mini ones. Right, and I looked further, and I seen that they had the, the regular ones. They were between seven and nine dollars, so they were they're not cheap to do. Not cheap to do, but that's still, you know, better than what I was was getting them at. But, you know, that was basically... I have to to send you that email. um, Sure. I have to send you that email. And also, for any author or anybody who's listening, um, I I, I never have a problem with sharing information about anything I'm doing. So there's a... I received an email last night from a company, and they have all these different products that will brand you um, from ink pens to cups to... T-shirts to um, greeting cards, just just um, an enormous amount of products that you guys could, you know, maybe take advantage of. Definitely, I mean, there's a lot of things that they could do on you know getting their own uh, stuff out there. The, the usual thing, though, is is the difference between selling them and using them for promotional. So uh, I know you were trying to sell the the water and the champagne, which of course champagne. I mean that's that's kind of value. Uh, you're basically selling the, the the what's inside the bottle, and you are branding you know, your uh, book around that idea. So there's always a, but with with playing cards, yes. Again, you can use the cards as you did, <laughs> and. And in the meantime, also, you know, you've got, obviously, it was a, a, a thing that you could talk about while you're playing the cards. 
And I, I've given away, you know, some cards, especially to my, you know, uh, family back east, and uh, just to, you know, and also as giveaways at different shows that I do. So expensive, but you know, it's definitely something they they can play cards with them, and then somebody say, hey, uh, you know, these are different. This is you see, this is a book cover. And they say, yeah, and then, of course, then you, you start talking. Right. And get the conversation going and, of course, get the buzz going that, oh, well, I have to look that up, you know. And they say, well, yeah, we got the book. And before you know it, you've got another you've got another sale. Then it goes on and on from there. As, as usually we, we – and then that's the idea is to branch out in other areas. But I think that um, – uh, marketing or merchandising is definitely the key to uh, to putting yourself out above the pack because right now there's so much, so many authors out there, so many people putting their books up on Amazon, you know, on Kindle uh, and Nook, and they're not taking the time to do what they need to do to make it a really good book. They just want to get out there to sell it. They think they're going to make a lot of money. Um, and they they don't do the editing. They don't do a good cover. They don't know anything about really promoting themselves. And and so it's these things, you know, going out and doing merchandising and uh, you know keeping you, you keep out there and and could keep your work coming. You're going to it's going to sift through all these people who aren't doing what they need to do and don't really put out a good story. And you're going to be left with, you know, after all the sifting is done and, and the best ones are going to come up and, and stay. A lot of people are going to fall by the wayside within the next few years, I think. And uh, yeah, and especially with Amazon, with what they're doing, uh, they're trying to make you be an actual business because really if you're an author, you are a business. And you need to treat it like a business. And so they're making you treat it like a business, and uh, they're gonna. We're gonna have a lot of people sifting through that, and a lot of people searching for, uh, you know, companies like AZ Publishing that has our own ISBN numbers and have our all of our EIN numbers and have all of our all of our ducks in a row because we must. You know, if we had to be in business for more than a couple of years, which we have been. You have to get all that stuff in a row. You have to do all that stuff. You have to pay your taxes, um, whether I like it or not. <laughs> I have to pay the taxes. <laughs> so uh, even if it's a little little bit of taxes, it's, it's still you have to take care of business. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of things, a lot of shift after the beginning of this year, and I can see it is already happening. Um, and you're going to have a lot of authors scrambling or a lot of books being dropped off of Amazon, and that's that's when those who are have already done the business and who are underneath a business like mine will be able to prevail. And a lot of other ones are going to be fall by the wayside. they got to treat it like a business if they want to do the business. But anyway, you had a great. I like your idea of some promotion. I always have. I think that you you get out there and you you work the book. Yeah, I got some things in the works for um, 
for where we left off with the Ghetto Sopranos book. I got some things in the works for that that book that I'm trying to put together for the beginning of the year. I wanna I wanna do uh an apparel line. Um, start off maybe with the T shirts and hats, but you know, a little more fancier than the what you normally would see. Um so being out here I'm actually in Phoenix, Arizona right now. So being out here in Phoenix I have um I met a guy yesterday who I'm going to check out his information on what he can do with T-shirts because the numbers sound um, better than anything I heard. So before I share the information, I want to make sure that um, the information is solid, and then I would pass that information along to other authors who might want to brand their um, their logos, whatever they, they're doing with their book on a T-shirt or a hat or, or, or whatever information I find out. Awesome. i got some people online that want to talk to you. Okay. Okay, we've got uh, this number is the last four digits is eight zero one nine. Are you there? Yes, yes I am. This is uh, KWAD Radio and Patty Holstrand, and we're on live with Charles Burgess. You want to talk to him? Sure, I do. How, How you doing, doing, Charles? I'm good. Who am I speaking to? Dexter, Dexter Brady. What's going on? What's going on, yeah, Dexter what's Brady? Happening? You, you, you. It's, it's good to be here. Um, Really, listen, I, I first and foremost, um, everything that I hear you saying, you you do it, and I'm going to share a quick story, and it's real personal, and I okay. learned firsthand. Um, when I joined Facebook, I think it was, what is it, like uh, October 2009? It was a little over a year ago. And uh, you remember when I, uh, I published my first book, and I flipped out on on uh, on Facebook because, Nobody went and bought the book, but everybody was telling me to go publish it. You remember when I had, I, I just spammed mm-hmm. out on my wall. And um, Charles Burgess was one of my Facebook friends, and he was so kind and gracious, and he just inboxed me and said, Dad, just be cool, just calm down, you know, give me a call. And he just reached for me, didn't even really know me. We were just like, you know, this Facebook friends, but he was one of the authors that reached for me. And, and when I say... Anything he knows, he will tell you. And it is truly because of him that I held on because I was about to give up. I was like, forget it. I'm going to go back to doing construction work, maybe writing poetry, maybe being a writer isn't for me. You know, it, it was just a big slap in the face. But he was very influential, and I've definitely followed um, his example uh, on, on everything that he does. And, and, and I've stuck with it. And here I am now with about what, about 20,000 Facebook friends now. I'm about to release my second book. And, I mean, like I say, I got a, I got a lot of mad respect for you. And um, that's real talk. So I just wanted to call in and, and, and just back that up to anyone that um, doesn't believe it, that it is true, that you go beyond um, Facebook. You know, you offline, you're hands-on, you know, you're person-to-person, body-to-body with it. And, and I, can, I can respect that. Really, I just wanted to let you know that. Well, I appreciate that, Dex. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you this, too. My girl likes your book more than she likes mine, too. I really don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I said I'm coming out. You know, I'm doing a poetry book. Um, actually, it should be ready within the next couple of days. Um, Touched yeah. by two souls. Um, yeah. That was a, and that was an interesting story, just you know, one of my friends here, he was a big supporter of my books, and I would go to poetry and I would watch him. And I used to watch this guy. He would 
stand up there with his phone in his hand and do his poetry, and his poetry was good. He was always nervous. Um, but then when he found out I was bringing out the poetry book, he said he wanted to write a book. And I said, man, why don't you just collab with my book? Just send me some poems. I'll throw them in. Because I was actually done with the book. The book, the book was going to actually be called Touched by a Soul. And I said, okay, Patty, I'm going to change the name to Touched by Two Souls. She said, what? I said, yeah, I'm bringing on another poet. Here's the pieces. Let's do it. And um, I, I'm going to be very happy for him. And I know we're going to do an event, a poetry um, book release event, sometime in January. And I'm, I won't even sell that book there. That, that would be it would be totally about promoting him. You know, I'd be there with my other mm-hmm. other material. But I kind of want him to get a feel and to push for doing it because that's really his niche. People ask me all the time to do poetry. I said, I'm still in the closet. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a in the closet poet. So I do it, but it'll be on paper or I'll go in the studio and send you a link, but I haven't yet got the knack to stand up on the stage and do it. So, But, yeah, that's probably going to be the only poetry book that I do, um, Dex. I think I'm going to go into a um, – I think I'm going to have to – I'm writing about 30 books right now. So in between one of them books, I'm going to probably do a self-help book based on relationships, um, you know. That's an awful you know, part. I, Greeting cards we're talking about. Oh, oh yeah, the greeting cards are coming. So that's where your that's where your poetry is going to go to. <laughs> yeah, that's where we'll put the poetry. I posted the stat right. today. Um, I posted one of, on my on one of my stats today because I was actually thinking about the relationship book and um, I, and I thought about you know Steve Harvey's book. Not that I don't mm-hmm. like Steve Harvey, but the stat that I posted today was we don't have to listen to nobody just because they're famous on television or wrote a book, act like a woman, think like a woman, so we can continue to act like men, because boys will be boys, but there are still a few good men. And when I posted that stat, I was just actually thinking about that book, when, you know, he's talking about act like a woman and think like a man. I just, you know, so I have a whole big, you know, thing in my heart about relationships and how it goes. So eventually I'm going to probably write that book. You know, that's most of the... When I'm on Facebook and I go down the home page, I'm mostly looking to talk to the women out there that's always seeming like they're going through something. So, you know, I, I was on a young girl's post today, and I won't say what the post was, but it was a very self-disrespecting post. And I probably spent about 20 minutes back and forth with her and her friends, you know, explaining how to get where you want to get in a relationship, you know. So a book is going has to come out. Right. Well, another thing I want to say was what I what I really appreciate is, you know, just your leadership by example, you know, which are cross cross promoting and you're so yeah. innovative, you, you know, you just you know, just let an author know that they can even explore the possibilities because a lot of times when I approach doing my book, I didn't even know that was possible. You know, I didn't even think like that. I was like, Wow, I could do books, I could do T shirts, I could do green cards, I could do spoken word CDs. I mean, you just really showed me that I can brand myself and how to effectively brand myself, which is more important than just just the book alone. You want to reach each type of consumer because one consumer may want to buy your book and another person may, you know, buy a T-shirt. They won't buy a book, but they'll buy the book but buy a coffee mug. So, you know, you're the one that taught me. You don't know what somebody what someone won't buy until you won't sell it. And yeah. I appreciate that. That's real talk. So. I, like I say, you you are my main man. Uh, that's that's hands down. <laughs> you know. What and saying? what was the so, name of your 
Can you tell um, everybody what the name of your book was? Again, it was 480 volts, right? 480 volts of Xavier. Yeah, 480 volts of Xavier. When I seen seen that cover, when I seen that Mm -hmm. cover, that cover itself was was a win-win. When I seen that cover, I was just like, my mouth dropped. So tell your girl Mm -hmm. she might like my book, but I like your cover. So. Yeah, that's what's up. But see, that's all about after I talk to you. See, that's my interpretation of, I guess the best compliment you can give somebody is when you take their wisdom and then you take it to the next level. So when we talked, I re, I stepped back. You know, we, I stepped back, listened to what you said, and then I came back. And that was what I came back with. So if you appreciate that, then there you go. At least you know you're with, it works. You know what I'm saying? All right. Someone's, yeah, listening, someone's listening to you. And uh, like I said, I, I thank God for you. You're, you're a good man, regardless. On and offline. You're all right with me. Thanks, Dick. All right, man. Good luck, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? Talk to you soon, that's, brother. That's all right. All right, man. Yep, later. Bye. Uh, okay. We got somebody else. You ready for another one? Yes, I am. Okay, this one is 2735. Your last four is 2735. Are you in? Yes, I am. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> How are y'all doing this evening? Doing good. good. Who is this? What's up, Storyteller? This is Raven. How are you? Oh, there's a raven in the sky. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much, Mr. Ghetto Soprano himself. Just called to um, put a voice with your Facebook. You know, and I'm going to tell that you can't be trying to jab my, my Facebook, buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, you I actually have to talk now. <laughs> Go ahead, Raven. Did you say something? Oh no, no. I would, other than what I said about Dex trying to jack my uh, my Facebook party, but just call in to say hello, show you some support. Looking oh, you know nobody to, uh, can't. You already know nobody can't jack me from you, Raven. <laughs> so well, let me ask you. Let me ask you, Raven, because you made a you made a comment to me today, and I mean, I was, it was it was a really an awesome comment. You know, Raven told me that she's not going to tell anybody else when she's releasing the book unless it's a week before release because the readers are vicious. That that was quote for her words today, and I was like, "Wow!" Don't mean don't take it the wrong way because no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That means here's what here's what I take from that. I take that um, Rumble and VA is doing very well, and you left a great. I haven't read your book yet. I just got. Shea Bella's um, Dirtiest Revenge last night, so I one-clicked her. So after I, will, um, one, after I get through with her, I'm going to read Rumble and VA, and then I'm going to read Shakara Cannon's This Can't Be Life. But um, what that tells me is that you left a very um, strong cliffhanger, and people are waiting on you. And, and, I, and I love that because what that does is it, 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 it's already putting – um, it's already giving you a customer base for book two, because um, it's hard. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm writing so many now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop even telling people when they come out. People are just going, oh, when did he release that? That's probably gonna be some of the things I got. Um, one book that's finished editing now. I got um, two books waiting to go, and some more coming. So I, I'm probably just gonna do like you and just not even tell people. Maybe once every three or four books. Because right. it's, it's a lot, but you want those people there. You want them waiting. So that's going to be a good line. And maybe if this is going to be a trilogy, 
hopefully now you can leave them cliffhanging in book two and it gives you automatic sales. You know, that's what I'm trying to do with Ghetto Sopranos. Um, I get a lot of I get a lot of messages on there, a lot of people waiting on book two of Ghetto Sopranos, which is titled Six Laws to Power. And I haven't told many people, but I guess I can tell. The book is done. It's finished. Um, <laughs> you already did. You just did. <laughs> yeah, it's already completed. But it's just something I want to bring out before I bring that out. And um, hopefully I can work on some things. Me and Patty going to talk about today. Kind of, I'm kind of want to do some things for Christmas with the first Ghetto Sopranos for a lot of people on my wall. So we'll go over that today for people who haven't read the Ghetto Sopranos. Um, so I'm, 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 I was brainstorming on that, and I haven't shared the idea yet, but we'll see. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, Raven. I'm happy for you. You know, I, you know, you're one of my favorites. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. But yeah, I, I mean, I really do, uh, and I'm not even. Gonna, this is about you tonight. So I'm not even going to take up a whole lot of time. But um, I really do appreciate um, because it is uh, hard to come out of the gate, especially when you're typecast as Urban Lit. Um, yeah, the drug has. I mean, the book does have some things in it, some elements, but I wouldn't call it uh, a street lit or whatever. It's, it's a book. It's a drama. And I'm a writer, and um, I just hope that they embrace the next, uh, after another drama comes out, I hope they embrace the, the different genre path that I'm going in that doesn't have anything to do with life on the street. But, um, I thank you for all of your support. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm a friend with a lot of authors on Facebook, and it's, it's only a handful that I really kind of interact with. And it's just good to be able to build that camaraderie with um, a fellow author, never seen you a day before in my life other than in pictures, never talked to you up until now, but we still have that good rapport. You know, I see you look, your posts and inboxes, and it just always makes me smile. So I really, um, congratulations to you on your success and any future success, which will come. Yeah, yeah, and I agree, and I know I know the same thing's going to come for you. Thank you. I, I claim it. In the name of Jesus, I claim it. You gotta claim it. You gotta claim it. I know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a tough road. It's a, it's it's a tough road to climb. But uh, I gave Dex one of my um. It's crazy that I posted um so many stats today. I gave Dex one of my um stats today, and then I I give you one too. Um, I said um there is air and opportunity. If you fly high enough, you can grab onto your opportunity. So you know that's all with the claiming it. You know, claiming and, and, and you got to get it. That's right. You're exactly okay. right, storyteller. <laughs> That's yeah, right. I'm, be, I'm in Phoenix and I'm writing. I'm working on a. Um, I'm working on a new book. I wasn't going to share any chapters, but I don't know. I think I sent it to you too. I end up sharing. He, six, he uh, doesn't know how not to not to share it. You know. <laughs> Keep telling him that. He says, you got to stop giving it all, you know. you got to just, you know, hold yeah. it back here. Yeah, keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. Yeah. So that way, that way when you put it out, it's like, oh, man, i got to get it now, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that he just a share. If you put that out there in the universe and the readers are expecting it, oh, Lord, have mercy. They can tell your Facebook page, inbox, and your page up. That's why I said I never again announce anything unless it's like a week before because anything can happen, especially when you're dealing with other people. The editor may be your hang-up. 
waiting on a cover. Anything can happen, and you just don't want to have to go to them and say, well, it's going to be a little bit longer. Because I've seen that in some of the readers groups where somebody had a slight delay, but they still got the book out, but it wasn't out when they had anticipated it to be. Oh, they went ham on her. They went ham on her. And I was like, never again. (laughs) Not after this. They'll know about it the week before, and that's just because it's getting ready to go up. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, I know they're on another rumble in VA to come down there. You know, I'm going to catch them <laughs> down there if they go ham on you. <laughs> hey, it's all a part of, uh, I guess, you know, we signed up for it. It's just everything is a learning experience for me. This was my first book. I didn't know what to expect. You know, a lot of authors are tight-lipped and don't want to share a whole lot of information with you. So I've kind of just really been learning as I go. I done brought my knee and scraped my elbow a few times, but I know better. Yeah. Yeah, you learn from experience. Yeah, you most definitely do. It does it does help to have people in the industry that can say, Hey, okay, here's how you avoid those those nicks, you know, and and the the hits. So that we won't take quite so many of them. But it's just now, it's I got a, a question tough, for you, tough uh, industry. Raven. Did you read What's any that? of my books yet? I have actually I downloaded when you when you threw some on sale, but to be perfectly honest, I've downloaded a lot of books to support, but um I mm-hmm. haven't you know because I've been so entangled with what I'm you know with what I'm doing was trying to get the sequel out, and I also have and people be like how the world can you work on two books at one time? But I also have two other books that I'm working on, and I just don't read while I'm working because I don't want to be reading somebody else's stuff and you know, subconsciously take anything away from it. So I just put all of that on pause, but I am a reader first. You know, that's what I said. That's how I fell in love with books. But, you know, I'm going to get it in. Once, yeah, I think once you, next it was Friday either comes. It was either Ghetto Sopranos or Don't Say You Do If You Don't. I know you got one of them. So I, can, I can't wait for you to read it to get your um, feedback on it. So, But I've heard great things but, about it. I will say that. Take your time. Thanks. Thanks, but take your time to get to it because I do that sometime too. And I was talking to uh, my friend's son here in Arizona. He's like, do you read a lot of books? And I was like, when I'm in the reading mode, I don't write. I take a week off and I read. Um, And then when I'm writing, I don't read other people's stuff Uh, um, past Facebook. I don't pick up a book when I'm writing. So when I get in that writing mode, that's what I do. I focus on writing. Right. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was just in the reading mode. I think I finished um, R.M. Johnson's Million Dollar Divorce, Couldn't Put It Down, um, James Patterson, uh, another book by Michael Conley. So, and I read a lot of different authors. Um, right. A lot, people, so do I. a lot of people don't understand that, you know, we're called urban fiction authors, but um, the stories we write and tell, they're in almost every genre that you can write. There's, to me, there's a piece of urban fiction in every genre that you write. You you really can't get around it. So um, that's (laughs) one thing I did was, um, one thing I did was kind of create my own genre, and I call it crossover fiction because I, and that's why I went to the name Storyteller, because everything I want to write and everything I want to do, I want to be able to tell a different story. You know, I'm working on a horror book I'm working on, Horror, science fiction. I'm working on nonfiction, poetry. You know, self-help, um, along yeah. with putting out a bunch of what they will call urban fiction books. Right, right. Because you get typecast. 
um, you know, you have some authors that's been out for a long time, and if they were to try to do a sci-fi or a mystery, I, I don't think at, the, at this late in the game that it would be well received because everybody's just so used to just this one format from you. And I just want to, while I'm just stepping my foot in, I also want to branch off because that's not all I can write about. That's not all I know. That's not the only story that I have inside of me. Right, so I, I right. definitely feel you. Well, just bring it. You know what I'm saying? And you will have your you will have your people who you know. I'm going to have some people that's just going to read the particular books like Rumble NBA. But you're going to the good thing about it is you're going to have some people who read Rumble NBA, but also read whatever else you write because their mind frame um, goes outside of that. There's entertainment, and then there's something else that they want to get to from it. You know, right. not everything is all entertainment. But, you know, right. we cater to the crowd that likes the entertainment, and that's what we do, you know. So I do, I'm big on entertaining the other people. I write these books for other people, so I'm big on that. But there are some some readers that I know want to read something a little bit different, you know. One right. Of she's all over me to get this horror book done. I'm like, it's in line, it's in line, it's in line. So, you know, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> That's good. Kudos to you. How do you how do you write all of those books without getting confused? I mean, I know what my method is. Uh, I'm just curious just to see someone who can write multiple books. You know, how do you how do you decipher and, and that? Because one time I was writing one of my books and I had written another character from another book in there <laughs> accidentally. How do you not get them confused? Um, I don't really. I can't really explain it. But a lot of times, like, I'll write up until I get ready to go to bed. Then when I go to bed, I end up dreaming about that book. So, um, Oh, my God. I thought I was the only one who did that. No. <laughs> I, I do it, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I actually write. had a relationship with one of my characters in my dream. I mean, I was in a relationship with him. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, um, you know, because I don't have, like, I don't take notes. I don't, like, I don't have a pad I can go to and say, okay, in this book, Tobias is this. He's built like this. He's this age. Um, he's messing with this girl. They're doing this. I don't, everything I do, every character I do is in my head, and uh, every story I do is in my head. Somebody was talking the other day about Ghetto Sopranos, and I just came off the top of my head with the first page. The year was 1984. I grew up in Wiggins Village, Providence, Rhode Island. Just off the top of my head, I can just almost read you books that's already out that I wrote, you know, so um, without even looking at a book. So it's, 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 I don't know where that came from. I just believe that it was meant for me to do it. Yeah. You know, because I, I look at the authors who – who I who I um, talk about all the time, like James Patterson is one of the authors that I love, and I just look at how many books he put he puts out. You know, he might put one out today and two tomorrow, and it's like, and I'd be so in awe of that. Um, and that had something to do with the post I made last week. I don't know if you've seen it when I said, following the work ethics of a great leader doesn't make you a follower; it puts you in position to be the next great leader. So, yeah, I saw um, that post. That's awesome. So, um, you know, that was, I actually put that on his page. I actually put that on James Patterson's page. But um, (laughs) I just, I just, 
it's just there. I just do it. I, it's like I could be talking to somebody and they can say a word or two, and I could write a whole book off the word or two that they said. You know, we were talking about <laughs> auto mechanics the other day, and we were talking about somebody's car going to the shop and needed brakes, and I was just like, oh, okay, I should write a book called The Mechanic. Well, I started yesterday, and I'm already on, on Chapter 8 today, over 10,000 words. Yeah. It, it, it can happen like that. Do you ever feel like you can't turn your brain off? Yeah, all the time, all the time. Because I have I don't... so many stories floating around in my head, and, you know, just only 24 hours in a day, and I can't sit down and put everything down, but it's just like you just can't turn your brain off. Well, what I do is I use a system designed by Patty's partner called Weavers of Dreams, and um, you can go on there. Anybody's listening could visit the site at www.weaversofdreams.com. It's all one word. I no longer write in Microsoft. The system is so... I like the system so much. I can go in there and I have my queue is just from top to bottom. Patty could tell you just full with filled with books. So yeah. you know, I got four or five books in that forty, fifty thousand words. I can just go pop in any day and um, have them complete. But what I do is yeah, I yeah, you got about ten, you got about ten in there. Right now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That I can just go in and I can go into these books and just complete them. Uh, and when I want to start another one, I just open another tab, and I just start the story. Whether I, however far I want to go on it, I just go there. So I have uh, a format for when I want to go back. You know, I don't. So I don't physically have to take notes and remember this, remember that. I'll start writing the book, and maybe I'll write four chapters, maybe I'll write ten chapters, and I'll put it down and go back to something else that I really want to finish. Mm-hmm. And it's always there. It's always online. It's always in the cloud. So uh, you're not losing it in a computer that happens to crash on you like it's done with him. So he, he's lost books. He's lost entire books because of that. So having him on Weavers of Dreams keeps his publisher happy. So, <laughs> so that way we don't lose entire books. <laughs> but uh, that, that that's what keeps you... Uh, on the straight and narrow, and also we can go back anytime and and uh, read ag- again to see where you're at. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm getting old now, Raven. So sometimes now I do have to Man, go back. Go ahead on with that. There's no such thing as getting old. You just get better. I know that sounds yeah. like a cliche, but uh, I look forward. I welcome each and every year. Mhm. Then we got another one coming. I used to didn't have to go back and reread a chapter or two to catch up to my brain to catch up where it is. Now I have to go back and read the chapter or two before. I used to oh just click right up and go from the last word. <laughs> Who are you telling? I said after another rumble I wasn't going to do sequels anymore, and then I left the door open for another book because it just I just could end it there. But, yeah, that, I think that was more challenging than the actual first book because I had to keep going back. A reference in the first book to make sure, you know, ages were, you know, appropriately <laughs> the same and you know, I caught a few yeah. things that I had mixed up. So a sequel is, is, is challenging for me. You might can yeah. do it off the top of your head, but No, I think I'm pretty I think I'm pretty bad at sequels. Um you know Sopranos <laughs> too, I just I just had to buckle down on myself. Um, um people actually want a sequel to Don't Say You Do If You Don't. Now, that was almost seven books ago. And um, actually, one of my friends, um, Arthur Tyson Ayers out of Detroit, 
Um, bless her soul. She wrote the book, Hold Need to Stay in the Hole's Place. It's a very good book. Um, <laughs> but she actually, she, actually, she actually designed an outline for me. This is the first time I ever had an outline. She was like, you need to do a part two to this book. Call it, say what you mean, mean what you say, and you need to tell the story through the you need to tell a story through the wife's eyes. You told the story. Don't say you do if you don't through the husband's eyes. Your readers need to find out about it. And I actually started writing the book, but that was one that I lost. But um, I do have her outline saved, and one day I'll come back and do it. With Ghetto Sopranos, it's just what I have set in place for that book is just going to be so powerful. And I, I guess I'll share that right now. Um, I'm planning on doing eight books to the series of Ghetto Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something a little different, and maybe a three-book bonus. Um, so it's gonna, it'd be a lot of writing on that. It'd be around for a long time if I could pull it off. Um, I have a new project coming out. It's completed. It's called Cricket and Honey, The Right to Remain Silent. Uh, I know whenever I release this book that whoever buys it, I'm going to probably get my computer blowed up if I don't bring the sequel right away to that because I left with such a cliffhanger and uh-huh. such anticipation for the next <laughs> book that it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I I personally feel it's probably one of the best books I ever wrote. Yeah. Um it took I me agree. about two weeks to write the book. It took me about two weeks to write the book and it just it just came out. The story was just there. And I just yeah. I love the whole story from beginning to end. So um, I like your I I personally like your characters. I like your characters and Crick, Crick and Honey, and I think it's, it's going to do well. So that's my opinion. Oh, Charles, you're such an inspiration. <laughs> you know, as you can see, I can run my mouth. I could talk to you all night. <laughs> but I want to give somebody else a chance. Yeah. Maybe, I, uh, maybe holding on. <laughs> yeah, I got somebody holding. So, yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> well, I'll see you soon, buddy. All right, Raven, you know I'm going to keep um, hitting you up every day. So every day I see you, it's, it, there's a raven in the sky. <laughs> All right, good night, storyteller. Thank good you. Night. Okay, goodbye to Raven. And we have somebody else in. Last four numbers are 5337. Are you there? Number 5337, the last four digits. I try not to give your whole number, so... If you don't want to talk, you need to let me know. Oh, they dropped off. I guess they didn't want to talk. Okay. <laughs> you guys can still listen. You don't have to call in. Uh, if you want, to, if you want to listen, and that's the only way you can, if you're if you're on a computer that you can't listen, uh, just let me know on the queue down at the bottom where it says the chat. Just let me know that you're not such and such number, and you're just there to listen. Okay. So that way I don't put you on the spot again like that. It's, uh, you know how that can be. But uh, so anyway, that one dropped. So I guess we we did have a couple that were were listening and they had dropped off. Um, but that was before uh, Raven got going there. So I wasn't going to stop you guys. That was a good conversation. Yeah, Raven's a great writer. So once we got uh, Ghetto Sopranos, uh, the first one, we haven't talked about Midnight Love. And that was, uh, you were writing Midnight Love near the end of last year, and that came out at the beginning of this year. So talk to me about that one. 
Um, Midnight Love, um, another one of my um, twisted urban plots. Um, how 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 I ended up deciding to do that book was um, actually Facebook brought me to um, do that book. You know, a lot of times people watch me and I play a lot of music videos from YouTube and, you know, put little blurbs in there and, you know, talk to people during the video, um, talk to the people who click like on the video. So just doing that made me end up deciding to write a book about a DJ. So many people kept asking me, you know, and calling me the DJ. So I end up writing a urban fiction novel about a DJ. Um, in, in this book, in this book, it's, it's, a, it's about a guy who runs a Midnight Love talk show, um, musical talk show. Um, a lot of people know what that is, you know. Uh, we have most states, most cities have, you know, mellow moods and Midnight Love. So um, this DJ meets this young lady um, from the South, and her name is JC, which uh, JC is actually a friend of mine on Facebook. And also the DJ's name is Alaric, who is also a friend of mine on Facebook. This book took a lot of Facebook presence because I used a lot of people from my from my page as characters in the book. Um, all fiction, but real names. Um, so they get into this long-term relationship of about four years, starting off, and they have a very open relationship, a monogamous open relationship, where they share everything with each other and um, ends up, Four years later, J.C. gets a phone call from her mother, and her mo- and on his phone call, her mother tells her that her daughter's father is dying. Um, well, the flip side to that is J.C. never told Alaric that she had a daughter. Her daughter doesn't even supposedly know that J.C. is her real mother. She thinks she's the aunt. So a time comes in a relationship where she has to share this information with um, Alaric and what's going on. Well, he was pretty cool about it. Um, he really cared that much about it. And to him, it wasn't a big deal that she had a 16-year-old daughter. He just wanted to be included in going to retrieve her daughter and meeting her daughter, but she didn't feel that was a good idea, and that kind of hurt his feelings. So what happened was he started using the show um, and his normal questions that he would throw out there for his listeners to call in on became about his personal life. And, you know, she kind of got offended that he was doing that because she knew where others didn't know. She knew that the questions he was asking um, pertained to their relationship. Right. And also during but through all this, there was some issues on his end, but they weren't his issues. They were he was being pursued by a, a stalker woman at work, Latoya Dixon, who is also on my Facebook page, and she probably um, inboxes me every day saying, oh, I'm the crazy lady, huh? But um, so she um, <laughs> she was stalking him at work, and he was meaning to go over this with his girlfriend, but all this, the first issue came up, and it kind of negated the time frame for him to talk about that until some very interesting things Latoya does, and it just increases the problem in their relationship. Um, this book was very special. A lot of people, Rolando Greer came through with comments. Um, 
Finesse Whitby, Leela Huntley, a lot of my Facebook friends have comments during talking to the DJ show, and I actually um, fed them I questions, think, that they, and they fed I think, me I think this is the first time that you started writing suspense. Because that's what that's what that was. Not so much as it was obviously about relationships too, but you expanded into the suspense, and so that was something different than what you'd done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little bit different. Um, it was a little bit different. It was fun. It was it was it was very very fun to write this book. Um, and um, actually, for the listeners, whoever's listening, you can go to www.youtube.com and type in Midnight Love Charles Burgess and you can watch a nine minute movie clip of the book um, sponsored by Pitchvine Entertainment out of North Carolina Um, they did a very good job very good job of capturing the scenes from the book Um, I sometimes post it to my wall but I prefer you guys go to YouTube watch it, give me some hits Um, you'll, you'll, you'll absolutely love it We've got uh, we got somebody on the line. You ready for someone else? Yes, I am. Uh, this is six six eight zero. The last four digits six six eight zero. Are you there? Number six six eight zero. Oh, they dropped off. Okay, we got another one more. Okay, this one is zero two one four. Your last four digits of your phone number. You there? I can hear you. Zero two one four, you're up. Want to talk to Charles? <laughs> well, let's put that one on hold. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but <laughs> before we find it, okay, they dropped off. So <laughs> we never know what we're gonna get when we get in here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let me send a special shout-out, too, since we're on Midnight Love, to the right. model who did the front cover, um, national recording artist Jay Powell, who just released his um, video yesterday. I helped with the video treatment song he did called I'm Sorry. You guys could um, find it on YouTube. It's a song produced by R. Kelly. Very wow, nice video. Make, yeah, make sure you guys go in and check out the video for Jay Powell's I'm Sorry. Ah, that's that's how that got got done. That's great. Yeah, Jay Powell's a, a great guy. He's he's a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and then he's he's very dedicated to his craft. He also sounds really good, so <laughs> all comes in handy. Um, so that was a great cover to do because he was involved, and and uh, that's uh, that's a good part of you of adding uh, an element of. Uh, Marketing to a book again. You, if you have a recording artist who's agreeable, uh, like uh, Jay Powell was, in order to uh, coordinate the two, so that's great. Uh, we yeah, then asked for um, Midnight Love. Yeah, with that though, another thing I want to add about that, I'm gonna try to we 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 talked briefly. I know he was he was um he was doing a concert in Pittsburgh the other day for um, uh, NFL player Terry Bradshaw. And um, we talked briefly about traveling. So it may be some things in 2012 come up where I travel with the book Midnight Love to be at the set of some of his shows and have tables there. 
I, I think that would be a great thing to give people, you know, to give that book a chance to sell. Yeah, that definitely is, is help to be able to get them to uh, be able to get them to sell. And of course, it, it, I think it would. It's a great story. I mean, again, you got suspense elements that something that you hadn't gotten into before. Uh, that suspense really does sell well. So if we can get that moving, that would be great. Um, and we, of course, have we're working on Cricket and Honey. Um, on top of doing the book set that are with your name only, we also have several others that we can talk about now, which is we've got a few more minutes. Um, Chocolate Rose. We've got Chocolate Rose 1 and Chocolate Rose 2, and now we're working on Chocolate Rose 3. Talk, let's talk about that one. Um, what do you wanna, where do you want to go with that, Chocolate Rose? <laughs> well, the idea was you, you like the uh, how the idea of Chocolate Rose, why you wanted to name it that, and uh, and kind of the, you brought the people together um, in order to help some new uh, authors out and some other <laughs> authors that, that are already out there. Well, I came up with the name. Let's start with the name. Um, one of my friends here were, were, was affiliated with, uh, with with a club, and the club name was Chocolate Rose. And I was there one day just having a drink, and I said, "Man, I'm gonna write a book named Chocolate Rose." And he, you know, he bought he bought a copy of every one of my other books, and I didn't even have an idea really at first what I was gonna do with the name. But then I thought about erotica, and um. I'm not a big, big erotic writer, and my books, you know, even when you read my books, my erotic scenes are not as graphic because, you know, I don't want the readers to always focus on that part of the book. I give you just enough. So I said I'm going to step outside the element and really come, you know, hardcore with an erotic story, but still a story. So um, I end up writing a story, and I thought about the concept of bringing other writers in. Um, I, I was meeting, and, and I do all the time, I meet a lot of new writers who want to get a chance to, um, you know, get some work out there get, and get themselves published. So I came up with the idea of Chocolate Rose with short stories to help other writers get a base. You know, that book I feel gives people who haven't written a debut novel a base. They can, now they can practice selling. They can practice writing. They can practice selling and get themselves going in the um, writing game, you know, because I always feel like it's more to it than just writing a book, you know. What are you going to do when you finish? So um, I think Chocolate Rose was a good start for them. The first book went kind of well. It took a while, um, longer than a book normally takes me, but it, it took a while. Chocolate 2 was a little bit quicker because the concept was there now. Um, I think the writers could see that it was a really tangible idea. So Chocolate Rose 2, it, it, it kind of went really quick. Um, you know, a little time-consuming now with Chocolate Rose 3. Um, economy's bad and things are going not as good for people, but, you know, we got a couple stories in. I'm waiting to get, you know, maybe two, three more stories in or two or three more commitments of people who want to be a part of this um, series. And I'll write my story and we'll go from, We'll go from there. We got a book cover already. You can see it on Facebook at on, on my page, the Storyteller Charles Burgess page. The book cover's up live. Got a yeah. couple of Midwest authors who's ready. Stories are ready. Um, Roxanne and Shaquanda Dalton. I know their stories are completely ready. So um, 
just waiting on a couple more authors, and in the meantime, um, we'll see what we're going to do with that book. I plan on this book, actually, um, I plan on it being a never, really a never-ending series. Um, I plan on it being a foundation to help a lot of um, freshman writers become sophomores. So if it works, you know, it, it's, it's basically not for me. Um, I love to have a story in it. But it's basically not for me. It's a it's, it's a foundation to help freshman writers become sophomores and and see if they really want to invest their money into becoming a writer, a self-published writer. You know. Well, they definitely find out uh, what the business is about and uh, where their strengths and weaknesses are, uh, whether or not they're just really good writer, um, or whether or not they need more work. Uh, and also, how you know, taking that book, which is you know flesh and blood at that point, and actually being able to sell it, uh, and that's really the key is that they can very well make money doing that if they would, if they really take advantage of that, as the prices are are so good that they can turn around and and sell it, um, you know, for even less than the the cover price, and and be able to sell a lot of them if they want to. So that that was really the idea is to allow them an avenue to not only get out their name out there and and into a, either a new genre that they hadn't been in or a you know to actually get out there at all and find out more about the business and also the opportunity to sell the books at a you know really great price and you know buy the books at a really good price and turn around and sell them. Uh, and be able to pocket their own money. So that's what uh, that's what the idea is about. I think chocolate three. We just we the problem was is that so many people are having a hard time right now uh, in the business, and you know all of us are doing <laughs> are trying to make it, and that's that's the problem with chocolate three. But otherwise, I think chocolate rose rose three. I, I happen to like the cover better than I I. Yeah, then that's that's on this one, and I think yeah, that I still is, get likes. I still get a lot of likes on Chocolate Rose two and Chocolate Rose three's covers. You know, every once in a while, somebody will like those covers and like, oh, this cover is so hot. So I mean, I think the concept of the book is a great book, and the stories and the poetry in there. I forgot to throw a shout out to GPA, greatest poet alive out of Chicago, who is um, the main poet in book one and two, and I'm pretty sure once we get the format together for three, he'll be bringing the poetry um, for book three. What I do with your short story is uh, we got a poet out of Chicago who writes an erotic poem, and, and it preludes every story, you know, just a little different concept. Um, very talented guy, GPA, greatest poet alive. He's on Facebook out of Chicago. So it's just another good concept with the book, and it, and it was another way to get um, – He's probably nowhere near a freshman poet or sophomore poet. He's probably a senior poet, would be ranked as a senior poet. So, but it just gives him another, um, it just gives him another weapon in his, um, you know, repertoire to say, yeah. yeah, you know, build up his arsenal of books. So, yeah, I'd have to say that with Bunch GPA, he's probably the hottest poet I've ever heard. <laughs> he just Wayne does it for me. I know, so <laughs> I can um, I can I can hear it in your voice. 
What are you saying? <laughs> Deep, yay, oh. Yeah, 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 he just, yeah. So, we're going uh, to have to send him the link to this show. <laughs> yeah, he just got himself a plug, and he wasn't even on it yet. So, <laughs> so that's what it's all about, is helping each other out. So, um, so we did the Chocolate Rose, and I know we we already had the book out for Cotton Carpenter for the uh, Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Urban Angel Angels. You want to talk about that one? Yeah, I know a lot of people, they see me on Facebook, and they see me calling um, a few of the women angels. Um, what that's about is um, we came up with an idea called Charlie's Angels, Um and it was some of the writers from the Chocolate Rose series, um, Carden Carpenter, Deanna Denise, Aretta Walker, Juanita Richardson, a bunch of the ladies are going to be my angels. And, of course, I'm going to be Charlie. And what Charlie is going to do is put them on assignment, all in short story books. They're going to be solo projects that are all solo books. So we have the first one done. I, 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 wrote, um, I wrote the beginning of the story um, given – um, cotton the assignment and she took off with the story and it's out it's um it's, it's champagne with bubbly or is it it's, or is it bubbly with champagne <laughs> bubbly with a kick yeah bubbly with the kick i don't champagne, have the champagne yeah that's okay champagne is is the actual angel name yeah champagne so. is is charlie's angel and um so yeah, in the beginning of the story i go through her actually her book was the first is the first one of the Charlie Angel series. So I go through my part in the book is how I become Charlie. Um, you know, I was actually a, a military guy who the president pulls out and tells me this is what he wants me to do. He wants me to head up this secret division. So I write the whole story how Charlie becomes in existence. And Champagne is my first angel um, to go on assignment. And that is Cotton Carpenter. You can find her on Facebook.com at Cotton Carpenter. Um, I started, I finally got a chance to, I, I, I flew out to Phoenix last week and I got my copy of the book, but I didn't, I left it with Patty. So it'd be my, <laughs> it'd be my airplane. Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be what I read on the way home. It'd definitely <laughs> be what I read on the way home. The book looks very good. Um, it, it flows very good. I got a chance to get through probably the first eight pages. Um, I was sitting in a meeting with Patty, and I couldn't even concentrate on the meeting because I was reading the book. So it, it, it just flowed very well. So I'm looking forward to um, revisiting the next episode of Charlie Angels also. I, I'm not sure if we're going to go with um, Deanna Denise, Juanita Richardson, Sarah Walker. Raquel's, Raquel's next. She's okay, Raquel, Raquel Carter from out of Illinois, so very good writer too. She was also a Chocolate Rose in Chocolate Rose too. So we got some things going on, and those are the things that we have to help other writers. So if any of you guys listening know any new writers, you know, definitely have them hit me up. You know, we got I got something I can do for them. I can plan some way. If it's nothing, we'll make a way. Well, I I love this idea with the uh, we wanted to do Charlie the Charlie's Urban Angels as a you know kind of same thing we did with the Chocolate Rose, but we couldn't pull them all together. And I said, well, why don't we just do smaller books? Mm-hmm. And these are what are I, I really it was like you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen thousand words. Uh, it's just big enough to get the words on the spine. <laughs> 
And so uh, that way it's, it's a real physical book. And the idea is obviously it's a smaller book. You can read it on your on your Kindle, you, uh, you know, because they're smaller chapters. Um, you can read it really fast. Like uh, more likely, Charles will have it done when he touches down in Wisconsin. So, uh, but it, you know, it as long as the story grabs you and pulls you through and and keeps you going, then you're gonna set you're gonna read this in one setting. I, right. I, I want and, and and if anybody's listening, go out and support that book. That book is also an ebook, isn't it, Patty? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And of course, um, azpublishingservices.com. You can click on the uh, Kindle link at that um, right on site there. There's a bookstore right on azpublishingservices.com. You can get your yeah, your print books there as well as your ebooks. There again, the link goes right over to where you if you want a Nook, it also goes over to there. So uh, you can you can find it whoever wherever you buy your books. You can find that that particular book, and uh, uh, if you go on AZ Publishing Services, it'll click over to where you need to buy it. So it's a great concept. Yes, it is. I think it's a great little concept. It's 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 uh, action packed. It's it's you know hard hitting women out there doing it. You know, and uh, I think I think Cotton's one of the best to start it out. Uh, because she she does a really great story, and uh, you know she snagged me, and uh, anyway, even even her, her uh, more erotic parts in the story, as I said, wow, okay, she got me, so <laughs> so she got I'm a I'm a fan of hers, and and she knows it, and she just loves that, so uh, so saying hi, Cotton, how are you over there? So um, anyway, so that's our story that we got coming up. Uh, but you know, we're going to we're going to talk to you again, Charles, on as long as this works out. Again on Wednesday, same time. Okay. And what are we talking about then? We're talking about making on Wednesday and Wednesday at 4 p.m. Arizona time. We're going to be talking about making your dreams come true in 2012. So we'll talk a little more about your your series and about some upcoming series that we're working on with others, and how that all works, and um, and how to get your stories into printed format, and whether or not that's doing well, or whether or not you should be doing eBooks and and getting some you know market start marketing towards your books by doing eBooks first. So we'll talk about that on Wednesday. So does everybody know? And then we'll also be talking on Thursday. I'm trying to go down here what I ta- told you we were going to talk about. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday we're talking about uh, where, well, you didn't kind of already talked about this, but getting your inspiration for your new stories, and then Friday we're talking about um, about projects new inspiring authors can get involved in. So um, we'll be talking a little bit about a little more about this when we did a long one today, and we got into quite a bit more. But so for those who don't didn't come aboard and didn't say anything, let me try one more time because we got like six more minutes. We have somebody and keeps dropping off, so I don't know what the problem is. But let me make sure that they didn't want to talk to you, okay? Hang on here. 
Number 6680. That caller is on the line. I apologize. I was having connection problems. Yeah, you were in and out, in and out. I go, okay, so she, do you I, really I, want to talk? I, I think that's Kim, that's Kim famous. That's, that's, Kim, that's Kim famous Amos. I know those last four numbers anyway. What up, Kim? Hey, Charles. I'm just calling to support Mr. Burgess, the storyteller, and listening in on the call. Oh, good. Actually, good. actually, Kim is um Kim is a big promoter herself in Milwaukee. She's working on an event um right now that's supposed to take place in Chicago. I'm not gonna give out too many more de- many details until um she drops the bomb. But um hopefully she's putting together the event. She's you know wants me to be there as a book vendor. So um with my book. So we're gonna try to make that happen. I'll be back home next week. So we'll sit down and we'll really talk about what's going to go down, if that's going to happen, which I'm sure if she's got anything to do with it, it's going to happen. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I've been thinking about that for the last two, three days since we talked about it. Um, I've been trying to get over to Chicago, to, you know, on, you know, Illinois, you know, you know, Dexter's over there, GPA's over there, Melody, yeah. um, Bartell, and Raquel's in Illinois. So there's a lot of people over there I would like to see. Um, and so it might make that a very good event for me all the way around. You know, great. Well, I appreciate Kim. She does a lot for me, so I appreciate her a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> you got any specific questions? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, okay. We just wanted to make sure that that uh, we got through to you because I'm going okay. I know that one. That number's been going in and out and out. And then we were on there for a second, and we heard all sorts of commotion. <laughs> And I said, maybe we better get off of there in case something really weird going on over there. <laughs> right. So that's good. I'm glad we got a hold of you and uh, got got to be able to talk to you. Yes. Um, it was a great show, though. I was oh, yeah, happy thank to you. In. I will tune in to the next session. With that, you said that would be the same time. Thursday, uh, Wednesday? Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday, right. 4 p.m. Arizona time, yeah. So that's uh, it's just you're in Wisconsin, so that's going to be an hour. I think it's hour two. Yeah, it's an hour. You're an hour ahead, so that means it used to be five o'clock your time. Okay, sounds great. Keeping track of all these (laughs) other time zones, I don't ever change. So you know, I'm in Arizona. I'm a rebel. So. <laughs> we don't change our times. <laughs> oh, let me send a uh, let me send a special shout out to 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 uh, there's another Kim that's listening, Kim Mack, um, very good friend of mine through State Farm. She just hit me on Facebook said she was listening. She's smiling about making the dreams come true in 2012. Um, a lot of people always ask me. There's a picture on Facebook of me and her husband Ed Mack. There was that. Who's that guy in the picture with? Well, that's my friend Kim Mack's husband. So. Just click like on the picture and leave Ed alone. <laughs> Anybody else you want to say hi to? Because we're about ready to go. Uh, no, she's the only one. Pop me and says she was listening to the show. Awesome. Um, there's Tracy Ragsdale listening and all the way in Oxford, Mississippi. Shoot a shout out to Miss Tracy Ragsdale and nobody else told me they were listening, but I don't know the other numbers that were on, so. I just hope everybody got um, 
a lot of information about the business itself, what's going on, and me personally with the, you know the books I have out, um, the books that's coming. You know, I have set a goal for myself to write 100 books before I slow down. Um, and you know, I see as I write more and more books, the writing is getting actually a lot better. The storytelling is getting um, much much better. Not that I I don't feel any of them is bad, but I feel they're getting better. So um, that's that's always awesome to watch. And as you know, as the stories get better, it I I, I complete them quicker. I say I started the book yesterday. I'm already in chapter eight, and I almost probably plan on finishing this book before Friday. So I know Friday I'm going out to California. I'm going out to L.A. I'll get the chance to meet up with some um, authors out there, um, novelist Papa Sag, Callie Kim. I have an author who wrote in Chocolate Rose, Sequoia Reed, hoping to um, meet her in person, and another good friend of mine, author Shakara Cannon. Her book's doing real well, This Can't Be Life. Um, so I'm hoping to get a chance to actually see all these people in person, um, I think that's a great thing. You know, you talk to people on Facebook, and but it be, you know, you get personal with them, but it becomes even more personal when you actually get a chance to meet them, shake hands, and share ideas face to face. That sounds great. We are at the last minute, so I want to say thanks, and we will be on again with you on Wednesday. Okay. Looking so forward to it. Know. And uh, give me a call later. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. You guys have a great night. Thank you. And that is the show. This is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrain signing off. I do want to mention that tomorrow night we are on with C. Vanya. He is the writer, co-writer of Adios, which is the second book to his Aloha. We had talked to him uh, about a couple months ago on about his uh, uh on his uh, Aloha book, and we had a lot of fun. And I think that is a really great uh, political satire that you guys should really get into. Um, really uh, exemplifies things going on in our political system right now. So it was a lot of fun and some different ideas that we hadn't considered. So until that time, that's going to be 5.30 tomorrow, uh, Arizona time. So keep an ear out for that, and see you then.